0: Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen. Real results. Real care. Real about recovery.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Meng Sung.
0: Hey, everybody. It's the Los. Great to be back. Uh, Ready to talk some Kansas City Chiefs football. Shout out to you, John
1: yeah let's uh let's do it so on this episode of quick snaps
0: quick snaps 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 snaps
1: let's start with uh possibly the most highest drafted chiefs player and that is going to be running back jamal charles
0: wow that's some that's some grammar you got going there nice monk
1: well thank you very much thank Mm -hmm. you very much So, Jamal Charles is actually going a little bit high for my likings. I know that uh, you're a Jamal Charles guy. Do you want to start off uh, why you still like him this year?
0: Sure. I like him because he is going to have consistent use. I know people were a little scared away last year, you know, because Andy Reid kind of came away from him a little bit. But it kept him pretty darn healthy, didn't it? And he scored over 10 touchdowns, didn't he? As a matter of fact, I think he scored... Fifteen touchdowns, is that right?
1: Um, Let's see. Last year, Jamal Charles had... Fourteen touchdowns. Yes. He scored 14 touchdowns, I believe, rushing.
0: leading running backs.
1: Look, is, uh, that, is that wrong?
0: Did DeMarco Murray have more?
1: DeMarco <laughs> Murray had, uh, I believe, 13 rushing touchdowns last year. So uh, he had more rushing touchdowns, but Jamal Charles had more total touchdowns.
0: Hmm, that's interesting because I think a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown are all considered the same to, to me. I don't know. I don't know what sort of leagues you're in. Right. Not only did he score this many touchdowns with a reduced workload, it also kept him healthy for the entire season, which is a recipe for success for a running back. Because what position get hurt, gets hurt, hurt the most? Disappointing fantasy players yearly that draft running back early. Well, I guess I gave it away, running back.
1: Okay, and I I certainly get it, but here's why I'm not as high on Jamal Charles as you this year. Um, One, receiving touchdowns are a little bit fluky, particularly when your team didn't throw a single uh, touchdown to a wide receiver last year. That's going to change with Jeremy Macklin in town and Travis Kelsey playing a lot more snaps. Um, I think that they are going to have more passing touchdowns in 2015 than they did 2014. Uh, that's not to say that Charles isn't still going to get a good number of goal line carries. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to repeat that five receiving touchdowns. And I don't know that he's going to reach double digit rushing touchdowns either.
0: See, and while I agree that touchdowns receiving touchdowns are fluky. And like we said before, Vincent Jackson's going to show us exactly why that's a fluky statistic. I think it's less fluky in running backs. LaShawn McCoy always had receiving touchdowns under Andy Reid. Jamal Charles always had receiving touchdowns. And that's going to continue. Alex Smith is going to continue feeding the ball to his running back from a passing situation just because that's the sort of quarterback he is. Now, I do agree that he'll increase his passing touchdowns probably. However, we're increasing from not 30 we're not increasing from 25 we're not even increasing from 20 he threw a whopping 18 touchdown passes last year that's nothing
1: okay um i guess here's our disconnect right now jamal charles is going around the fourth overall in drafts um and he's going uh as the fourth running back as well and for me i have him let let me see i've actually moved him up a little bit since we last spoke i do think that i was a little bit too low on him uh i have him at running back seven um and i also have him around uh, the end of the first round so I, i do think that he's still gonna be you know he's got a high floor just because of the volume he's gonna see and because he is still a talented guy still only 28 years old um but personally for me i have ap and eddie lacy Um, Then Le'Veon Bell and Marshawn Lynch. And then I actually have C.J. Anderson and Jeremy Hill in front of Jamal Charles. Oh, no
0: way. Come on.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a really small, small difference in that little tier right there. But I just have them barely ahead of Charles.
0: No way. Bernard, we've talked
1: about this before.
0: Bernard's going to get more of the work. Than anybody thinks he's going to get. I mean, at least in my opinion, Hill's Hill's far and away the number one. But Bernard's going to get more looks than people are thinking. Charles offers steady, consistent production. He has averaged five or more yards per carry every single season of his career.
1: Okay, let me let me ask if you see a trend here. 2012 he had 1500 uh, rushing yards 2013 he had just under 1300 last year he had just over a thousand is that a good trend or a bad trend in your mind
0: what am i an asshole do <laughs> i see a trend there come on
1: <laughs> all right yes. so uh, you're saying to ignore that then
0: i'm not saying to ignore it but there's other factors, steady production. So so if you look at that, sure, you can say he's had a decrease in that there. But you have to look into that into the context of the other running backs and the other people you're looking at taking there. He is far less risk than a guy like Adrian Peterson even. And I'm taking Adrian Peterson over him, don't get me wrong. But Adrian Peterson is – has like – infinite risk compared to jamal charles
1: okay look here's what i'm saying under andy Reid in 2013 and 2014 in 2013 charles had 259 carries um in 2014, he had 206, and then in 2013, he had 70 catches um, and a huge amount of receiving touchdowns, seven. And then in last year, he had 40 catches and five receiving touchdowns. I just think that those are extremely high numbers, and I get that. You know, Andy Reid's system utilizes the running back in that way. I just don't know that you know he can continue that production.
0: See, to me, what you're arguing is is actually telling me that he's not a volume-dependent guy. He's going to give you consistent, good production, RB1-level production, even though they've backed off him.
1: Okay. I mean, I think that this, this is a very good example how you can use the exact same statistics to argue two different things. Um, yeah, I and- like that no and that that's fine and i like i said I, I still value jamal charles as a first round pick i have you know come back higher on him than i was earlier in the off season. um i actually do think that uh, having jeremy macklin and travis kelsey in the passing game is going to help him see fewer stacked boxes open um, it up yeah okay uh, i just think that you know you have him a few spots higher and that's fine
0: sure i mean it's still the first round you can you can debate anybody for the first few picks in the first round.
1: Yeah. Um, so real quick, let's touch or on... in your case,
0: the last few picks in the first round, <laughs> I guess it's the, it's the first 10 players in your draft regardless.
1: Exactly. You, it's like arguing between does Brian Antonio Brown
0: eggs, Ex- exactly
1: all right so let's discuss uh Niall davis real quick he's probably one of the best handcuffs because he does see a bulk of the carries and touches when jamal charles uh does miss any time um, how higher would you reach for him what round do you think
0: well to me that depends on if you own jamal charles or if you don't own jamal charles um <clears throat> if you don't own Jamal Charles and you just want to try and cash in on who is possibly the best handcuff in football, then I would say round 11, 12 is a nice target for him. If you do own Jamal Charles, then it might be worth to, to jump and grab him as early as 10 or even late nine. I know that that might sound crazy, but this is a guy who if, if Jamal Charles goes down, Niall Davis is a bona fide RB1. He is a starter every single week that Charles is out.
1: Yeah I think that <laughs> yeah, I think that the only better running back handcuff, and correct me if you disagree, uh, is James Starks.:
0: uh, I do disagree um, for two reasons. I like Davis better than Starks because I think he's a more dynamic running back, and I think he's more consistent. The only person I would put ahead of Niall Davis is Ryan Matthews because I think as he sits right now, he offers flex appeal. And then if DeMarco Murray gets hurt, he's just, like I said, a bona fide RB1 every week. So Davis is safer. He has a better injury uh, better injury past you know ryan matthews has has a very storied injury history much like demarco murray um but i think his his upside is higher than nile davis's so you want to be safe go davis you want to swing for the fences and maybe get some flex appeal out of it go matthews
1: okay um but yeah i definitely agree that if you are a charles charles owner i would have no problem if you reached in you know around nine or ten for not davis um and just yeah, as and, and a, Starks
0: is Starks is my number three handcuff, to be clear.
1: Okay. Um and while we're discussing handcuffs real quick, uh, I do like Ronnie Hillman as well.
0: Yeah, that's I could have just said that too, my number my number four right there. Okay. <laughs>
1: Sounds good. Um, So let's move on then. Uh, Well, actually, real quick, uh, I do want to bring up uh, Sharkhandrick West. I do like him a little bit. Um, He's not somebody you're going to draft, but just keep an eye out. If for some reason something happens to both running backs, I actually think that Sharkhandrick West is a very talented guy. Um, so that being said, let's move on to
0: candor char char
1: <laughs> i I do believe that once he was once he was caught by Andy Reed, um, he's been training him up, so you know definitely got, definitely a... gotta watch
0: he might be Charmeleon West soon.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I would love to have him on my team. I, I can think of some uh, some pretty good team names right now that uh, involve <laughs> him.
0: Okay, we're getting a little too nerdy, I (laughs) guess, for a fantasy football podcast, huh?
1: Okay, let's let's talk about my man crush then, uh, Travis Kelsey.
0: Oh. oh, I thought you were going to say Jason Avant. <laughs>
1: um, Alright, so Travis Kelsey, uh, also known as Zeus. Uh, as a Travis Kelsey owner in uh, multiple leagues, I got a little bit of a scare when uh, he left practice with a leg injury, but uh, since then we've been notified that it was just a, an ankle sprain, not even a high ankle sprain, and that he should be more than good to for week one uh honestly it depending on the makeup of your team i wouldn't uh i would be glad to draft him as early as round four
0: yeah in terms of the injury I think it's not a terrible thing for Travis Kelsey I mean it's not a good thing you never want to get hurt obviously but for people that want to draft Travis Kelsey this might actually be a good thing this is not a high ankle sprain Uh, you get less blood flow to the high ankle area Um, so it does not heal quite as well or as quickly as a normal ankle sprain that that you or I might get stepping off a curb um, non-athletes as we are Uh, so, so the injury concern can scare people away from them and you might be able to slip in get him, get him, you know around cheaper than you would have prior
1: um so number one i want to say that i don't know what you're talking about uh calling me a non-athlete i will have you know that our flag football team will be starting its season in just uh one short week um, oh lord and number two uh i i will say that i am glad I, if his adp goes down at all because of this um you know i'd be happy to grab him in round four round five wherever you can
0: yeah, he, he might, I mean, your best case scenario if he just really, you know, sort of mirrors the gronk, you know, has an injury concern, falls to round four or five, and then all of a sudden, first round talent, boom, just like that. Ooh, it baby. won't happen, but I'm sure you'd like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just for guys who aren't high on Travis Kelsey, I just I just want to say I have no idea why, because let me, let me tell you what... Uh, what this guy did last year um he what had, did he do monk what did he do last year i'm, I'm i i can not even talk right now because i'm so excited just you know thinking about him oh lord um, <laughs> Okay, so last year Travis Kelsey um, only started eleven games. Um, he was coming off, uh, you know, his red shirt rookie year after getting microfracture surgery on his knee. Um, so they did have him on a snap count the first few games of the season, uh, but you know, starting in you know week six, week seven, uh, he really came on. He ended the season with sixty-seven catches for eight hundred sixty-two yards and five touchdowns. And basically, what can be considered his rookie year since he didn't play a single game in 2013. Um, and that was playing behind Anthony Fasano, who they trusted a lot as a blocker. Uh, now he is the number one tight end on the depth chart. He's going to use both as a blocker and receiver. I expect him to play the majority, the vast majority of snaps. Um, and I think that 1,000 yards and seven or eight touchdowns is his floor.
0: I think that's a good projection. The only thing that I would would caution a little hesitancy on is he only scored one touchdown after week 9 and that he scored the majority of his touchdowns as he was playing to the backup to as the backup to Anthony Fasano. So once they got Kelsey out there, I mean, it seems like teams just sort of Keyed at him in the in the red zone made sure he wasn't scoring touchdowns the only touchdown he scored was week 15 against Oakland
1: yeah and i i get that concern but i do think that um you know jamal, jamal charles is banged up for a, a couple of those games and also now with the addition of Mac, jeremy macklin excuse me um the chiefs are going to have another reliable receiving option instead of you know dwayne bow last year i do think that macklin being there actually helps kelsey in terms of you know drawing away some of the coverage
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Kelsey's a superior red zone target. Uh, Macklin is going to help Kelsey similarly to how he's going to help Charles, I think
1: well i I mean if you want any indicator of how much alex smith likes targeting his tight end look at what vernon davis did in san francisco when alex smith was his was was his quarterback he was a top five tight end and i think that's true that is basically you know and vernon davis is very athletic and a great tight end in his own right i don't know what happened last year um, but i think that travis kelsey if anything might be more physically talented than vernon davis and i think that he could very well have a gronk like year and next year we're going to be talking about him in second round
0: the sky's the limit for young travis
1: um I, I will say this uh with kelvin benjamin's injury i do uh have greg olson um up a little bit so he is a little bit closer to kelsey now i think that both of them are going to be uh, pretty good pretty good picks in rounds four and five
0: yeah i agree with the uh with the injuries going on there and the uncertainty at wide receiver It may just become the Greg Olson show in Carolina. Um, You might even consider, I might even consider taking him just ahead of Kelsey, even in a PPR league. That's, That's how much I think that changed the game
1: yeah my one concern with with that uh, not to turn this into a greg olson discussion but i do think that the problem he's going to face is that there really isn't anyone to draw away coverage Um, so i do think that's going to hinder olson a little bit but he certainly is going to get plenty of targets and plenty of catches that's true all right, so let's talk about the new addition uh, to the wide receiving core, Mr. Jeremy Macklin.
0: Yeah, who's getting ready to catch zero touchdowns this year?
1: That guy. <laughs> well, he's certainly uh, let it be known how little he cares about uh, his fantasy owners. Really? yeah uh, you know he got. so he doesn't into, draft
0: himself then that's probably smart
1: i know he got into that twitter spat with uh you know matthew Barry about how he doesn't care about fantasy and it's all about you know the chiefs wins and you know you can certainly i, I certainly get it uh but he's definitely hmm. not a guy like uh maurice jones drew or something that's gonna be uh, i see he's sounding
0: like a hardo i don't care about fantasy i live in the real world okay i got you jeremy cool calm down
1: Hey, it's a fantasy world. That's
0: It is a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it.
1: <laughs> you know, I like that tagline. Maybe we should consider uh, making that a part of our uh, podcast going forward.
0: Yeah, that could be like an opener or a closer or something.
1: I like it. We'll, uh, we'll test it out at the end here. Let's work on that. All right. Uh, so let's talk about Jeremy Macklin. Uh, last year, obviously, career year um, with... Uh, chip kelly's offense in philadelphia i actually got a question on twitter um, from at kit Avanzado uh, about whether macklin can even come close to his stats from last year um you know 1300 yards receiving uh, he asked if he can come close to that i think i have macklin pegged right around a thousand yards i don't think that the, the yardage is going to be there what do you think
0: i think you opened the jeremy macklin segment quite appropriately when you said that last year was his career year
1: yeah and for me he's definitely more of a play in ppr um it it was in excuse me it was encouraging to see adam excuse me uh alex smith target jeremy macklin deep a couple times so far in the preseason they're definitely making a very concerted effort to get the ball into macklin's hands and i think that that bodes very well for him
0: yeah, and it's not as if he didn't, uh, he being Alex Smith, didn't try to throw to his uh, wideouts last year. He threw it, He threw it to Dwayne Bowe 96 times. Um, he just didn't really have much else to throw to. So I'm thinking that Jeremy Macklin's probably going to get about 120, 130 targets, even with the amount of times he's throwing to Kelsey, just because he's finally a good dominant all-around sort of receiver that can go get the ball deep, that can catch the ball short. The kind of guy that he didn't have with Dwayne Bowe. Dwayne Bowe did not fit Alex Smith's game. Alex Smith is not a, you know, throw it deep sort of guy. And Dwayne Bowe isn't a go bail you out on a bad deep throw sort of guy. So... Alex Smith was sort of turned off to throwing that pass. Um, I do think that Jeremy Macklin, the hate has maybe gone a little far. This guy is a very good talent, and he should probably not be getting drafted under guys like, uh, I don't know, Deshaun Jackson, Golden Tate, things like that
1: no absolutely not i have jeremy macklin as my wide receiver 21 Um, i have him going right around Jarvis landry nelson aguilar vincent jackson i think my projections for him are around 80 catches uh, about 110 targets and four touchdowns
0: here's a hot take i would rather have jeremy macklin than amari cooper
1: um i would take cooper but i i don't think that's crazy that's why
0: it's called a hot take
1: <laughs> well i honestly i have cooper at 18 and macklin at 21 so it's not really that much of a stretch for me i think that's it's a hot take fair. darn it <laughs> okay well um i mean for me macklin is getting uh a little bit undervalued now people are drafting him as a wide receiver three and i, I hate, still think hate,
0: hate, 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 hate,
1: yeah i mean shame on them but uh Yeah, I think we can agree that Macklin is a pretty good value for where he's going right now. Um, I believe his current ADP, let's see real quick, he's going in standard leagues uh, around pick 46, end of the fourth round. And in PPR leagues, he's going right around the same range. So I I think that's perfectly fine. Um, He's actually going one pick under uh, one pick behind Amari Cooper. So it's Good hot take there.
0: (laughs) Not bad. Now, if we agree there, let's try this out. On the count of three, let's both say the second most important uh, wide receiver on the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, all right? All right. One, two, three. Dwayne Chris Conley. (laughs) Ooh that didn't work
1: i say i say dwayne bow because i don't think i'm going to be touching any of the other chiefs wide receivers i don't care if it's going to be albert wilson or chris conley Uh, i don't think either of them are going to be anything more than a wide receiver four wide receiver five
0: chris conley ran with the starting offense though he looked sort of good what about a dynasty league
1: um i i I like conley more in a dynasty league i just don't think uh that the volume or the targets are going to be there i think the primary uh pass catchers in kansas city are going to be kelsey macklin and charles and conley's going to be the fourth option
0: four three five that's a field stretcher
1: yeah i mean i I think that he's going to have a couple big games but good luck uh guessing which weeks he's going to go off best ball
0: um, last round of a best ball
1: yeah absolutely i could definitely see that you go. i think yeah
0: he, let's I, get some conley love <laughs>
1: uh, i think he and devin smith are uh very similar in that you know they're that kind of receiver um personally for me i'm not gonna be drafting chris conley uh are, are you taking him as a late round no you flyer? can't
0: touch him in a standard yeah yeah um no we, uh, we, we were just having fun i know dan doesn't like it when we have fun i'm sorry dan
1: no, you can have fun. You can talk about Conley. I, I um, have him in our Dynasty League. I'm totally uh, cool with you praising him.
0: And that's exactly <laughs> why I brought him up.
1: Uh, is this a, a trade-off for him selling here? Uh,
0: oh. Uh, I kind of
1: like Conley. I'm going to hang on to him until I see what you know what's up.
0: Yeah, I sort of just gave you an opportunity to sell him high to me, didn't I?
1: I mean, but you don't have anything I want. <laughs> All God. right. We'll, uh, oh, we'll, we'll I have discuss, that you want. We'll discuss our <laughs> trades after the podcast. Um, let, let, let's finish out with uh, Alex Smith here. Um, I know everybody loves... Oh, yeah. I
0: forgot. We got to talk
1: about him. <laughs> well, everybody loves to hate on Alex Smith. Uh, where do you have him in your QB ranks?
0: Um, very, very mid to low. Uh, quarterback two he just doesn't offer the upside that anybody else really gives you Um, he's going to be steady he's going to be solid he's going to give you what 15 points a week probably 14 points a week so he plays in a in a two quarterback league but you're not stashing him as a backup quarterback or looking for a high risk high reward sort of play this is just a guy that's going to give you steady production in a bye week
1: yeah, he's a, a backup or streaming QB option. He, I have him right around QB 18, 19, right around guys like Flacco, Cutler, Tyrod Taylor. Um, you know, at that point, it's all upside. And Alex Smith does have some big weeks. But again, good luck predicting which ones that's going to be.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, do you like the Kansas City defense at all?
0: I like the colors more than I like the team. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay um yeah i have them at uh the 13th or 14th ranked defense right now um i think they'll be fine but not 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 a defense i'm gonna reach for
0: you know you completely missed out a a shout out and homage to hscht hinsdale central red and white will always (laughs) be the colors that'll make our pulses throb
1: Look, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to bring that up. I, I don't know how, how well they're doing without you now. You know, I wasn't oh, sure that, about that. That's
0: true. That's true. That 5'8 inside linebacker. They need me back.
1: Hey, you're, you're that guy. Sometimes sometimes you need somebody to be the heart and soul of a team.
0: That's right. Hank clean, champ 06. Love you guys.
1: Um, yeah, the only the only other thing I just want to bring up real quick, very happy that Eric Berry is back. Uh, you know, always rooting for guys to overcome things and, you know, come back healthy and get back in the game. Yeah,
0: yeah. Shout out to Eric Berry. Good work, man.
1: So, all right, that is going to wrap up the Kansas City Chiefs episode, excuse me, episode of Quick Snaps. Quick Snaps, Snaps, Snaps. As always, uh, we thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And I
0: am at FFA underscore Los L-O-S. Thanks uh, to our our loyal listener and addict at Kit Avanzado for the great question. We look forward to the rest of uh, you guys sending us questions, bringing us comments. Of course, we can answer them. That is our job. Um, feel free to give them to at FFA underscore Dan. If, if you feel the urge to, I don't know what sort of urge that would be, but it would be an urge also like us on Facebook. And when you're done with this podcast, go ahead, open your podcasting app, subscribe to the rest of the podcast so that they come and download automatically onto your iPhone or tablet so that you can listen to all the updated fantasy football addict information and win your league and do awesome.
1: All right, so let's, let's try this out. So uh, what was it? Uh, it's a fantasy world. We just live in it?
0: It's. I think it was it's a fantasy world out there, and we're just addicts in it. Oh, it was so much better when it was organic. <laughs>
1: you do know that we have the technology to go back and check this? never we we could just tack this on at the end no we can only move forward never backwards (laughs) all right always be moving forward addicts
0: okay let's let's
1: move forward all right
0: thanks addicts wait peace out
1: Casper's most
0: sparkling sale of the season is here. This summer, dive into your best sleep and save up to $600 off any of our award-winning mattresses during our 4th of July sale and get up to 50% off pillows, duvets, bedding, and more. Make summer sleep your best sleep with up to $600 off mattresses and up to 50% off everything else. Shop our 4th of July sale at Casper.com or a participating store near you. Going on now through 713. Exclusions apply. See Casper.com slash promo.
1: Make your garden twice as big this summer and get twice the harvest. Right now, get two Bonnie Plants 2.32-quart vegetable and herb plants for only $10. They're ready-to-grow starter plants, make growing vegetables and herbs at home easier than ever before. Make your garden twice as big this summer and enjoy homegrown fresh vegetables and herbs with Bonnie Plants, two for just $10. Feels like 4th of July savings at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Selection varies by store, in-store only, not available offshore or Alaska.